G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Forgiveness is one of the most unnatural things that we can ever do. When someone's hurt us, the most natural thing is to exact revenge. But every now and then, God sets an opportunity before us to forgive someone who doesn't deserve it. And that can be one of the toughest opportunities of all. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. It's great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take a look at this whole forgiveness thing from a different perspective. Over this past week and a half, we've been travelling along with young Joseph, son of Isaac in the Old Testament, on his journey through life. A journey that has some real downers, much like your journey and mine. And yet a journey that was heading in a direction that only God could foresee. There was Joseph, one of 12 brothers, the youngest one and dad's favourite. His father was Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham. Although God had given Jacob a new name, he'd called him Israel. And unbeknown to anyone, these 12 brothers were the fathers of what would become the 12 tribes of Israel. It was a long way off yet. Here's what the relationship between Joseph and his brothers looked like when Joseph was young. Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 to 4. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. And this is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children because he was the son of his old age and he'd made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the other brothers, they hated Joseph and they couldn't speak peaceably to him. But things only got worse from here because Joseph had two dreams which he shared with his brothers and father, that one day he would rule over them and they'd all bow down to him. That was it. That was the last straw. His brothers plotted to kill him. But ultimately, instead, they sold him into slavery. From there, he's transported, as we've seen, to Egypt. He becomes Potiphar's slave, is thrown into prison where he rots for a few years, and finally, finally, through a set of circumstances that only God could have orchestrated, becomes the ruler of all of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. And again, under God's hand, Joseph as the ruler has stored up in Egypt surplus grain that was produced in the years of plenty so that when the famine hit, there'd be enough to eat in the land. And not just in Egypt, people travelled from all over the known world to purchase grain in Egypt because they were starving. And as God would have it, some of Joseph's brothers travelled to Egypt to buy grain as well. They had no idea what had become of Joseph after they sold him into slavery. They told their father Jacob that he was dead. But lo and behold, one day they stood before Joseph and bowed down to him just as he dreamed in that dream all those years before as a young boy. Genesis chapter 42 verses 1 to 8. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Israel, he said to his sons, Why do you keep looking at one another? I've heard, he said, that there is grain in Egypt, so go down, buy grain for us there, that we may live and not die. 
So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he feared what harm might come to him. Thus the sons of Israel were among the other people who came to buy grain, for the famine had reached the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the whole land. It was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves down before him with their faces on the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognised them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? he said. They said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. Although Joseph had recognised his brothers, they did not recognise him. Now, we don't have time to go through the whole story of how Joseph dealt with his brothers. It, it runs for several chapters, Genesis 42 to 46. It's really worth a read. So if you have a Bible, grab it in the next day or two and check it out for yourself. But can you imagine how Joseph felt? These mongrels of brothers who plotted his murder and then sold him into slavery now stood before him and bowed down to him just as God had told him in that dream as a young lad would occur. And he was now the ruler of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh, and he now had the power of life and death over them, just as they had had over him. Finally, a chance for revenge. Finally, here it is, justified with God's favour on him, and these men who did him such a terrible injustice were begging for food before him. What an opportunity. And as you read the story... Joseph was seriously tempted. He was torn. He struggled between his hatred for them and his love, between revenge and forgiveness. He accused them of being spies and locked them up for three days. And then he took one of them as a hostage in prison to force them to go back and get their youngest brother, Benjamin. He played tricks on them. He gave them an incredibly hard time. You see, one of the things that just doesn't come naturally to us is forgiveness. He had been so hurt and damaged by his brothers, he was tempted to kill them all after he toyed with them in the dark and terrible cat and mouse game. It went on for some time, but then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me! So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the house of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers couldn't answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither ploughing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 to 7. Joseph took the greatest opportunity of his life, the greatest opportunity God handed him. He forgave his brothers, not just in word, but in deed. He saw that God had sent him, even through their evil, to preserve their lives. Have you ever had an opportunity to harm or forgive someone who's hurt you? Which way did you lean naturally in the flesh? Towards extracting your pound of flesh? That's what Joseph wanted to do. And yet he'd been travelling too long with God to do that. God had been with him in the pit that his brothers had thrown him in. God had been with him on the journey to Egypt in chains, in the slave market when he was sold as a slave, in prison where he was thrown after being wrongly accused. God had been with him every step of the way. 
And at each turn, God had placed an opportunity for Joseph to do good or evil, to behave well or to behave badly, to use his natural gifts and talents to grab hold of opportunities or not. And at each turn, Joseph stepped up to the plate and took a hold of those God-given opportunities. He didn't realise it at the time, but it's that consistent pattern of behaviour that brought him to the place of power and privilege in which he now found himself. And it was in this place that he faced his biggest test of all, to forgive or to take revenge. Forgiveness goes against the grain. Forgiveness, when you think about it, is unjust because we choose to forego our right for punishment and recompense. But no matter how badly you've been hurt, no matter how unnatural that step of forgiveness appears to you in the place that you're at, it is the greatest opportunity that God will ever give you. So seriously does God take forgiveness that he sends his only son Jesus to die for you, to pay for your sins. And it cost him everything. It cost him the life of his son. So when this opportunity to forgive presents itself, what do you do? Take revenge or forgive? definitely has its ups and downs, not to mention the fact that even when things are going well, our own foibles and failures have this amazing ability to rob us of the good things that God has planned. That's why living your best life, the life God always had planned for you, takes power. I mean, serious power. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet, Holy Spirit Power. God's Word is alive and active. Amen. So I am praying that He'll help you lay hold of the incredible power that He has ready and waiting for you. The power to be all that He made you to be through this booklet. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.